welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. What's up, Penn State fans? Welcome back to the Nittany Blues podcast. We got a pretty full episode for you this week. A lot of stuff happening in the past seven days in the world of Nittany Lion Athletics. But first, Vince, how are you doing, man? It's always good to see you. Yeah, I'm doing really well. And I think we got some bigger news that's even bigger than Penn State Athletics. Um, You know, our host, Andrew Bird, is now officially an engaged man. Uh, Andrew, how excited are you? How are you feeling uh, after she said yes? (laughs) <laughs> well, I appreciate the uh, shout out here, man. It's uh, it's a, a very nice sentiment. So thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, just a ton of excitement, a ton of anticipation and planning and nerves. I'm not going to lie uh, leading up to it, but just glad to um, kind of have gotten through it just from that standpoint. Obviously, I'm super excited for what lies ahead in the future and just, uh, you know, ready to kind of make that or just ready to move on to that part of my life. It's a, it's a weird feeling, but it's a good feeling. Yeah. All I got to say is you are very lucky that Julianne is a patient woman. Uh, you, yeah. you guys have been dating a very long time and, uh, I was getting a little worried there. I was like, is Andrew ever going to, you know, pop the question, but, yeah. uh, you know, happy, happy to see, uh, you know, everything worked out and happy. She said yes. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the wedding for sure. Yeah, that makes two of us. But yeah, you know, it's funny. That's pretty much the sentiment that everyone has shared about it, you know, but whether it's from my family, her family, the people that she works with, uh, some of my friends and stuff like that. It's it's like crazy just how many people are like, uh, oh, man, like it's about time. And, you know, I just have to kind of take a step back and be like, I know, I know I got it. Like I did the thing now so we can we can move on. But uh, but nonetheless, yeah, just super pumped uh, already in the throes of of wedding planning and stuff like that. So um, we'll have more to talk about that later, but uh, yeah, for now, just excited to uh, kind of, you know, have that, have that step taken care of and ready to move on to the next. Yeah. Just make sure it's not a Penn state football weekend. Oh no, no, certainly not. Yeah. No, that's a cardinal <laughs> sin. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I know we had some friends that got stuck in that situation last year. So um, making sure that, you don't make the same mistake. <laughs> no, certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do everything in my power to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. But almost as exciting news, the uh, Nittany Lion lacrosse team, the men's team did make it to the final four. They will be playing in Philadelphia next weekend, which is really exciting. And uh, this game was kind of the opposite uh, from their matchup against Princeton uh, the week before they got off to a really, really slow start. They were down by, I think it was seven goals. I think they were down nine to two at one point in the contest and they had to fight and claw their way back. Uh, this way was kind of the opposite. They were more holding off army army did get off to a, uh, two Oh start. And then, you know, Penn state went on a run. They, they went on a six Oh run. It was six to two. And you know, the defense, you know, kudos to them. They forced a 20 minute stretch again where army didn't score a single goal. Um, so, you know, that was really good defense. Uh, it did, the tide did start to turn a little bit when, uh, Penn state lost their best defensive player in Jack Posey. Um, however, um, you know, they did very good to hold serve and they had a nice little lead. 
uh, at the half. And then towards the end, uh, you know, Army fought back. Uh, you know, the commentators were saying uh, both these teams were in close games all year long. So, you know, you expected it to be a 60-minute game. And, you know, it, it was eventually 9-9 before Penn State got the, the go-ahead goal. And, man, this game was... Uh, really close and down to the wire. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, the horn blew. Uh, there was about five seconds left, uh, and there was a scrum. And you know, Army had a pretty much like a power play where they had an extra man due to a Penn State penalty. And there was a scrum. Everyone was fighting for the ball, and there was like five seconds on the clock. And then Army won- eventually won the scrum. And the guy was winding up to shoot, but the, the horn sounded. And I saw the ball go into the lacrosse net. And I'm not sure if the rules are like hockey or not, where it's just like, oh, the, the puck has to cross the net. Um, the rules are different in lacrosse. So the, the ball just has to be out of the stick and, and it went in. So the officials did actually, they rolled it no good on the field, I think. But they did have to go back and review to verify that um, it was no, no goal and that's what it took for Penn State to win. Like, if it was another second later, uh, they would have been going into overtime. And, you know, special teams was the play of the game. Uh, Penn State, uh, you know, they had an opportunity for a one-man advantage. They got their goal. Um, you know, in the third period, I believe it was, Penn State actually was down two men. And uh, so you think they're dead to rights if they're down to two men. And Army, they were able to force an Army turnover and, you know, get the ball across the field and pretty much milk that clock with the, uh, you know, the man advantage. And they were down two guys. So that was the difference in the game. The, uh, I I guess you could call it the penalty kill and, you know, penalty scoring. So they did a really good job in that area. And now they're going to be in the final four Saturday noon against the number one Duke Blue Devils. So how are you feeling about that, Andrew? Well, I mean, it's not going to get any less stressful, that's for sure. Uh, you know, they're going up against the best of the best. So um, I guess if there's a time to be battle tested to, you know, kind of have your teeth sharpened a little bit for a grinded out match for a trip to the national championship, this is the time to bring it. So I'm um, looking forward to the game, obviously. I think it's uh, it's going to be exciting either way. Obviously, with it being in Philadelphia, there's going to be a huge uh showing of Penn State fans there. It's uh, kind of neat because uh, they have this graphic up on social media that says, pack the link. And I just kind of have to do a double take because I feel like I'm, you know, I should be looking at something for the Eagles when it says something like that. Yep. But it's uh, it's really neat. That video of the final couple seconds of that game are crazy because Army thinks that they've like miraculously tied it up. Our guys have their arms up, you know, because they think they went, they won the game, and then they have to like go back and review it. I mean, it doesn't get any closer than that. So, just an absolute thrilling game, um, electric finish. It's uh, you know just kind of a more of the same for Penn State, just finding a way to get it done. Yeah, and it's you know this is the equivalent of March Madness in lacrosse. You, you find a way to win and. You yep. know, Duke, uh, if they don't bring their A game and they overlook Penn State, they could be in for uh, they could be in for trouble. Uh, their opening game against Delaware, they almost lost. They only won by a goal and they did they did blow out Michigan 15 to eight. But, you know, which Duke team will we get? Uh, we don't know. Uh, you know, obviously, Jack Posey probably is not going to be healthy enough to play. Uh, so, you know, you're going to need some extra scoring from guys like uh, TJ Malone, so hopefully they can do that. And, you know, hopefully on Memorial Day, uh, 
you know, your Nittany Lions are fighting for a uh, national champion or winning a big or national championship. Yeah, agreed. So uh, even more stuff to look forward to with the holiday weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of holidays, there's uh, been some reports that Penn State football is going to be playing uh, at Michigan State on Black Friday. And there have been even some rumors of potentially playing at Ford Field in Detroit. What are your thoughts on that? Are you happy about the Friday Friday night game at Michigan State? I don't really have any strong thoughts about playing on a Friday in general. Um, I guess uh, what has yet to be fully determined or at least revealed is just how in the loop Penn State was with all of this because I think that this is all part of like the uh, kind of evolving TV deal with NBC and kind of figuring out where all those pieces lay. So I think they basically got told after the fact, like, Hey, you're going to be playing Michigan state on this Friday. And so I think, you know, if given the choice, they probably would have said no, because nobody wants to play on a short week, especially against um, a tricky in-conference opponent like that. So, you know, I think that uh, Penn state probably is a little bitter about it. I mean, I would be too, if I were them. So, you know, I think, uh, I think all things considered, though, like as a fan, you know, on a on a holiday weekend, it's a, it's going to be a little weird, but I'm still obviously going to watch him um, playing at Ford Field, I think, is a little strange because it's like, you know, why? Why are we going to be there? But but whatever, you know, if it's going to be a, a neutral field, as I think it's to kind like- of a. I think it's kind of a cool thing because the Lions play their Thanksgiving Day and then we would be playing the day after that. So I think that's like a pretty neat thing just because it is Thanksgiving week. I guess um, I'm actually true. I'm actually in a, a different boat here. So I really hated the Thursday night game, but I love this Friday night game. And the okay. reason I love this is because Penn State has a very good record when they play on Friday, especially Friday night. And their road record is actually relatively higher on the road. You know, if you look at their last Friday night game, they won 59 to nothing at Maryland, which you were you were at that game, I believe. Yep. That was a good time, right? So (laughs) I think, I think with, uh, especially if it's at Ford field and the, all the crazy weather conditions we get, you know, at Michigan state, whether it's like a three and a half hour lightning delay or, you know, six inches of snow, that's, that's always what seems to be what we get at Michigan state. And then the, the game doesn't go our way. So I like that. It's in more of a controlled environment. You got the dome. Uh, Penn State has a lot of speed, which I like. So I think I think that gives Penn State an advantage and they just seem to play well on Fridays and on the road. I I, I have a good feeling uh, about that game as opposed to a Saturday. So I like it now. Would I like a Friday night game at Beaver Stadium? Absolutely not. Like, yeah, people don't want to take off work. That's inconvenient for me. But when it's on a, a Friday night and it, you know, I'm not you know, going to the game, it doesn't impact me. Like, yes, I love it uh, on a Friday night. And then that frees up like my whole Saturday. If I want to, you know, go outside and, you know, ride my bike or watch other college football games, it gives me more time to do so. So I'm loving this. uh, You know, I, I can uh, just watch the, the Thanksgiving day games and then black Friday. I got Penn state to look forward to. I don't have to wait all the way to Saturday. So I am definitely in favor, uh, of Penn state playing on black Friday. Yeah. Fair points. And, uh, I think for me, um, you know, even though I could go either way on playing at Ford field, there's 
nothing wrong with getting away from the black magic that exists in East Lansing at that football field because weird freaking things have happened there. Kind of, you know, a little bit of Iowa in that football stadium. So if we're going to get away from that and kind of being able to put our guys in, you know, the best position to compete, I I like us against Michigan State this season, uh, regardless of where we play. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take, uh, you know, that voodoo magic out of the equation any day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know how there's that like viral clip of like Trump saying, uh, you know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Like, I feel like, oh, bad things happen in East Lansing. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the vibe that I think that uh, most Penn State football fans do have. It's just been. Uh, you know, their past four contests, they've been one and three on the road versus Michigan State. So this is yep. not a place that Penn State has had a lot of success, even when they've been the, you know, on paper, the superior team and just weird mm-hmm. things seem to happen there. And, um, you know, I, I if we get to go to Ford Field instead, that would make me uh, very happy. And I get to watch Penn State football a day earlier. So, you know, all positives for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that matchup. And I think it'll be uh, really fun to watch. I'm liking this NBC deal, uh, less big noon kickoff, more night games for your Nittany Lions. So uh, things are looking good with the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to other news, uh, we actually have some national champions. Uh, Emma and Jack Harvey both won uh, at least three swimming national titles for Bermuda in swimming. So we got some national champions on our men and men's and women's swimming squad. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that that's always cool, but you say for, for B- Bermuda, like what's Bermuda, the deal? Yep. So they had their, uh, you know, national swimming championships, just like USA swimming has theirs, but you know, Berm- oh, Bermuda is so not from Bermuda. Yes, they're from Bermuda, okay. so they got to compete in their national championships. And got it. You know, got so it. Okay. Penn State has some, you know, national champions, and uh, I, I don't think Bermuda's is Bermuda considered the Caribbean because it's more like north of the Caribbean, I think. But anyway, that's really cool news. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just always love to see the uh, Nittany Lions doing well, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, you know, speaking of doing well, uh, I think we got a nice uh, recruit. We got six foot eleven center, favor air, uh, coming over from Miami. And Miami was we're talking about Penn State lacrosse making the final four. Miami was a team that made the final four uh, this past season. So I think this is a, a big add for Mike Rhodes and the roster. I think it'll give us more competition at the uh, center position. What are your thoughts on uh, this ad and the impact that it's going to make on Penn State's basketball program? So first of all, love the name. I think that's a pretty badass name for uh, for a basketball player. So I'm all in favor of that. Uh, second, I'm just you know thrilled to continue to see these dominoes falling the way that they are. Um, Mike Rhodes has not been sluggish in his first offseason at Penn State, which is exactly what we were hoping. Um, or, you know, what he's been doing is exactly what we were hoping he would do in trying to rebuild the roster, finding uh, transfer portal diamonds wherever they existed, kind of a Shrewsbury-esque approach, just kind of rebuilding from scratch. And so 
you know, I, I don't know what else you could really be asking of the guy at this point. Um, obviously, he's making a very strong pitch, and uh, Miami's no slouch. So they recruit some good players down there. So if uh, Favor um, falls into that category, I think we've got ourselves uh, a heck of a player. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think that he's probably going to be a guy that might be like have a lot of potential, but might be a little raw. Um, uh, in terms of technique and, and things like that. Uh, it does say during his freshman season that he did average nine points. So that that's great to see. Uh, I I'm curious if this is a typo in the article. It says he only averaged 0.6 rebounds per game in his 14 appearance appearances in his rookie season. So if you're telling me you're six foot 11 and 250 pounds and you're averaging like 0.6 rebounds, <laughs> I, I think that that's uh, some, an area that can be much improved. Like I'm like six yeah. one one sixty, and if I played Division one basketball, I think I I could muster like one rebound a game. Uh, so uh, hopefully yeah. that's a that's an area that they work on, or that's a typo. Hopefully, hopefully that's six rebounds. I think six would be a more accurate number for uh, someone that size. But um, right, how many minutes? Yeah, did he really play, exciting like, per game though. Uh, per game, it said he had fourteen appearances. Okay, so. Yeah, it doesn't say that his minutes in, in the article, but, you know, uh, he's starting to round out this uh, Penn State roster. They have one roster spot left. So what are your thoughts on Mike Rhodes and how would you grade uh, his performance of bringing in players to start the program from scratch year one? How do you think he's done? Well, like I said, I think he's done pretty good, all things considered. I mean, um, the ultimate test is uh, going to be the season, you know, seeing how Penn state does. Um, I think all of us are expecting a few bumps in the road, some growing pains with this roster that was assembled from all different programs around the country and even internationally. Uh, so I think we're, you know, in for not the smoothest season, at least to start, but I think so far, like I said, um, Rhodes has done exactly what you would or he's done exactly what you'd hope he would do as a Penn State fan with uh, just hitting the transfer portal hard, you know, kind of not um, resting for a bit coming into Penn State and kind of seeing where the chips fall because he didn't have that luxury. You know, the the roster was depleted. All the incoming recruits and freshmen were gone. All the first year guys who were promising entered the transfer portal. So the guy could not wait. And, uh, and he didn't. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, so, you know, I guess if I had to like give him a grade, I'd probably give him an A cause I don't really have anything else to really grade him on at this point. I think, uh, the season's going to shed a lot of light. Um, but you know, ultimately I just want a guy who's like going to be locked in, going to be smart, like with the players that he has. And I think historically he's shown that he, uh, is that kind of coach. So I think we're, we're going to have a favorable, um, outlook of him even in year one even if there are uh, some bumps in the road but so far i've been um highly satisfied i would say yeah and uh there's some reports that penn state has been in contact with uh, memphis transfer malcolm uh dandridge i think he'd be a good addition at uh you know the forward spot he's a six nine averaged uh 5.6 points per game at memphis and 3.6 rebounds. He recently entered the portal a, a few weeks ago, and he has a big list of uh, teams that are interested in him, including Kansas. So I think this would be a, a big get if they can get him 
uh, to fill that last roster spot. Uh, however, uh, in terms of you know player acquisition and, and talent, I'm kind of more in that C range, but I, I don't necessarily feel like it's his fault. Um, you know, you see him lose out on guys like uh, Jalen Deloach and you know Noah Thomason, uh, both going to Georgia. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that might be NIL and, you know, we obviously don't have access to you know, all that information and know if that's the reason why, but I, when there were, when I saw four or five VCU guys, I was hoping that more of them would be heading up North because that was an NCAA tournament team last year. So if we got those guys, you know, I'd be feeling, uh, very confident about, uh, their performances and, you know, having a good first year at Penn state, especially with uh, ace Baldwin jr. You know, leading the charge. Um, so I was hoping that we would get more of those guys and guys like Evan Mahaffey and Kebajai would, would stay and stick it out. Or even like a Dallian Johnson uh, or Caleb Dorsey, you know, Dallian Johnson's a good shooter and, you know, that might be a good role for him. Uh, we talked about Leo Boyle and how his three point shootings going to, uh, you know, uh, space the floor for Penn State. So we're kind of disappointed that, you know, some of those guys uh, didn't stick. You know, Caleb Dorsey at one point was our starting center last year and, uh, you know, he didn't stay. He went to William and Mary. So, uh, you know, losing Evan Mahaffey, uh, you know, he's a defensive specialist, freak athlete. Uh, we would think a guy with his skill set is going to be really good in, in this Microds defense. And, I was kind of hoping he would be able to sell that to, you know, Evan Mahaffey and get him to stay, but it just, you know, for whatever reason didn't work out. And, you know, now he's, you know, across the border at Ohio state and uh, playing for the Buckeyes. So um, that's where I'm at with the C now. Is it necessarily his fault? You know, no, um, I am happy that we got the, uh, the freshman from Iceland, uh, you know, coach Cruzberry's first year, uh, there was zero freshmen on the roster. So, you know, he kind of had to go with, you know, older, more experienced guys. So that's, that's kind of why I'm going with, with the seat. Not, not terrible, but not great. I would have liked to see some, uh, more big names after, uh, that season. Hey, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I think, you know, there's a couple factors at play there. Um, number one, I think that when you have guys entering the transfer portal, no matter who you are, it takes a Herculean effort and also some dominoes to fall your way i think to kind of reel them back because in the case of guys like like keba jai and evan mahaffey and stuff i think that you know they kind of had their mindset a little bit and you know just as, as people it's like when you kind of set your mind to something or you kind of decide something for yourself it kind of takes a lot to kind of like walk that stuff back and i'm not saying that it's impossible because it's happened plenty of times we've already seen it in the transfer portal but i just think that there's a human element there and i think also and you know this is exactly the kind of trend that we're hoping to buck but when it comes to like penn state and historically where basketball sits in the whole kind of spectrum of sports at, at the university it's not it hasn't been held up as high as basketballs held at other schools. And I mean, I would even argue that, you know, like Georgia probably even has more NIL investment at their program um, than Penn State does ha right now. And Georgia is, you know, unequivocally uh, a football school. So, you know, oh, I think there's pl plenty of those elements involved there too, where 
um, all it takes is uh, like one or two phone calls from, um, you know, those deep pockets down south to say, hey, you know, we know you need a new home, like come check us out. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I can I absolutely can see your points there. I mean, it's uh, like when you look at like all the all the people he didn't get, like it does look a little grim. I guess I was just I'm just kind of thrilled that, you know, we're continuing to like bring on people because like for a while we just didn't have anybody, you know, like if we just, there was like yeah. nobody. We, we didn't have a team. team. We literally had four players on the roster. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely that's, that's get what you're saying. Right. But yeah, I think you made some good points though. You know, like I, I almost feel like, you know, you know, some of the players we're getting, it's, it's almost like, you know, you're getting the, it, it, it feels like you're getting like the kid who got like, picked last for like kickball at recess or something like, you know, yeah. your highest rated recruits are going to like Georgia and, you know, Kansas, all these other, you know, schools throughout the country. And then we're getting these guys months later. And that's kind of where I'm a little nervous about the upcoming season. And I'm just like, okay, how good yeah. are these guys going to be? And, you know, the scoring averages aren't super high. And, you know, obviously that's not the only stat that matters, you know, defense rebounding, uh, you know, ability to handle the ball and, you know, you know, shooting percentages, all those different things are important. And just because someone doesn't score a lot of points doesn't mean they're not going to be a good player or, you know, a good role player on the team. It's just, you know, you see Ace Baldwin Jr. scoring a lot of points. And then outside of that, you, you just got to ask yourself, where is the scoring going to come from? And, uh, you know, the answer is, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Leo yeah. Boyle, you know, uh, is he going to be able to, you know, space the floor all by himself and, you know, with his good three, three point shooting percentage, uh, probably not. So, you know, this is a really high level of basketball as, you know, especially when we get to big 10 play. So, yep. you know, I definitely think he's, uh, you know, I, I think his track record, uh, kind of talks for itself. You know, he's a winner, good coach, good teacher. Um, but it, it might take a while for the results to show just because, I don't know if the the talent has made its way here, but who knows? I could be wrong. These guys like who come in, they all might gel together. Great. And, you know, form a great team. You know, if you look at the Miami heat in the playoffs, you got, you know, Jimmy Butler, who's an all-star, you know, Bam Adebayo is a mid first round draft pick. And then you have a bunch of undrafted guys. Like you can put a good team together. You know, they just got to have that, you know, right mentality and, you know, if the star player does their thing, you know, like let's say we have Ace Baldwin Jr. for example, if he does that Jimmy Butler role and sets his teammates up well, and you know they knock down open shots, like it can work. You know, it can absolutely work. But you know, the the probability of that happening, you know, is you know lower than it would be higher should you get more of the star players. So that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. But you know, again, time will tell. Um, you know, as the the season goes on. I think our game plan should just be to hold opponents to like 20 to 30 points a game. <laughs> if we just do that, oh, then we'll man. be good. It's going to be like that Wisconsin game uh, yeah. in 2011 where we won 35 to 33. Exactly. You just think it was do like that, a football like, score. <laughs> right. So we just got to do that about, you know, 25 to 30 times and we'll be good. So simple. Yeah. So, you know, time will tell. But speaking of the NBA, uh, did you, were you able to catch Jalen Pickett? And Seth Lundy's workouts and numbers of uh, scrimmages at the NBA Combine. I saw a few tidbits here and there. I mean, mostly what I saw were just kind of sound bites from uh, some of the NBA coaches watching their scrimmage. 
Um, and you know, both guys receiving a lot of praise. There's, there's a excellent, uh, soundbite. I forget who the, who the scout is for. I think it might've been like the Hawks or something. And Jalen. Yeah. I think it was the Toronto, Toronto Raptors assistant. Oh, so it was the Raptors. Okay. He's like, I uh, like that kid from Penn state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the clip I'm thinking of. So I was like, yeah, man, like love it. So yeah, good for them. Glad that they're making the most of their opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, You've seen Jalen Pickett get some Marcus Smart comparisons, which is uh, pretty cool because uh, that is you know, cool. he's a pretty good, pretty good player and kind of a, a tough physical guard. I, I do think Pick does need to get more consistent with his uh, three pointer, but man, Seth Lundy was shooting like seventy two percent. I think he was eight of eleven from three, and he's crazy. Over, yeah, so really impressive, and my kind of. Uh, I don't know, hot take prediction. I think you're going to see Seth Lundy get drafted higher than Jalen Pickett. Ooh, okay. So I feel like Jalen Pickett's definitely the guy who gets a lot more of the spotlight for Penn State. But in the NBA, the three ball is so important. And, you know, Seth Lundy, like when he's in a groove, you just you just know he's going to make the shot. He's going to hit everything. And, you know, I, I think when he's playing with star players, like he's going to find his spots and he's going to, you know, knock down threes. He, like, I think he'll be like a, maybe a smaller George's Niang on the Sixers. Like every time I, I, I see him in a good position, he just seems to knock down the three. Like every time, like def- if a defender's not in his face and he's open, he just knocks it down every time. And I think that's who Seth Lundy's going to be. And, you know, Niang's not quite as quick on defense. Seth's a little bit smaller. He's a little bit quicker. So I think he'll be a really good defensive player. And, you know, I think he's going to find a, you know, there's, there's going to be a team with some star players that are saying, Hey, we need role players who can, you know, play really good defense and who can knock down threes. And I, I think Seth is going to, you know, fill that role really good. And is he going to you know do a lot of dribble penetration? No, that's not, you know, the highlight of his game. Whereas, uh, you know, pick is more of a, you know, dribble penetrator and he'll back Booty down ball. smaller. Booty ball. Exactly. You saw some of that in in the scrimmage and I think pick will really benefit from, you know, he's not going to see all the double teams that he was seeing at Penn state. So I think he'll have success that way. Um, But at the same time, he's going to be going against NBA competition. He's not going to be going against many six, one guards who he can just back down into the paint. So I do think, uh, you know, especially his, uh, his three, if he gets a better three, it'll make it easier for him to you know, dribble penetrate and do what he does best. So I think that's an area, you know, in his game where he can develop it over time. But I think with Seth Lundy having such a good three point shot, I think that does give him a, a decent opportunity to be drafted higher. Yeah. I mean, I think your logic is sound, so we'll just have to wait and see when, when is the draft? I don't follow that close enough. So I don't know when it is. I think it's in, it might be coming up in a week or so. I think it's okay. around Memorial Day. It might be June. Um, cause some, sometimes it's like before the NBA finals is over. It's between the conference finals and NBA finals. So it, it is happening very soon. I was very surprised to, to see that, see mock drafts that didn't have any of them getting drafted because uh, those two guys can play. And it's very evident. Uh, so I hope that the, you know, these scouts are are thinking like I am because I was seeing players from other teams who 
I didn't think were quite as good, like, you know, getting drafted. So I, I think uh, you're going to have have them have a good opportunity to get drafted. Maybe not yeah, first round, but you know, right. see it in the second round. Yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah. So I think that was a lot of uh, sporting news and exciting stuff happening in Penn State athletics. You know, I think the lacrosse team is definitely the, the highlight of that. But have some other big news in Happy Valley. Milkshakes. They are back at the creamery. What are your thoughts on you know, this great news? I love it. Um, milkshakes are elite. First of all, I, you know, I love, love me some ice cream, but I could have a milkshake every day of my life and not get tired of them. Um, and another part of that is, uh, the fact that we can finally go back to having death shakes. So I don't know if you've ever had a milkshake with death by chocolate ice cream, but when they make it and then they announce it for you, they call it out and say death shake. So I'm just very much looking forward to that. (laughs) And I'm certainly going to get one as soon as I can uh, this upcoming football season, like the first time that I come. Yeah. Now, I don't want to dampen your spirits. And I I wasn't aware that the milkshakes were gone for so long. Like, I I thought they had brought them back by now. But the article I did read did say they were only doing the milkshakes with four flavors for now. So I think it was like chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, and like mint. So I think those are the the four choices. So you can get a chocolate, but I don't don't know if it's going to be a death shake. Ah, well, regardless. uh, Yeah. Chocolate ice cream from the, from the creamier though is still like right up there. So I'll be happy no matter what, just, uh, you know, the theatrics of, of the announcement was uh, what, you know, made a significant part of that experience, but regardless, super happy to hear the news and a lot of, um, Penn Staters will, I'm sure, will be happy to know about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the flavors are vanilla, chocolate, bittersweet mint. Oh, it's not strawberry. I was wrong. It was peachy paterno. So you get a peachy paterno uh, uh, milkshake. So those are the four flavors uh, that you can get for $9. So, you know, they're back, baby. Yeah. I have some creamier ice cream in my freezer right now, and I'm very uh tempted after we wrap this up to go downstairs and eat some well thank you guys for listening today if you'd like to support the pod please tell your friends follow us on twitter facebook and instagram if you enjoy the show please leave a five-star review to other nittany lion fans like you can find us interested in new episodes you can subscribe on spotify apple podcast google podcast or other streaming platforms to be notified thank you for listening And we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.